0: Have you or anyone you know ever been emotionally destroyed by a book?
1: Have you ever got the feels for a fictional character?
2: Have you ever been hungover after an all-night book binge? Then pull up a seat, pour yourself a glass, and hang
1: on to your Kindle. This This is Drinking Drinking Ink. Hey friends, Brittany here. Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to drop in with a note on our content. While books are for everyone, this podcast was created for adult audiences only. We advise listener and reader discretion as we will likely delve into difficult and sometimes triggering content often seen in literature such as graphic depictions of violence, frank portrayals of sexuality, discussion of mental illness and existential struggle, and on occasion some downright filthy language. It might be a lot to take in, so if you need a breather, take a break or come back later. We'll be here for you.
2: Hello, hello. (laughs) oh
1: <laughs> rebecca's just super quiet too. she like sneaks
0: into the meeting doesn't say a word stealth mode stealth mode activated i just traveled over six thousand miles in the last seven days i'm i'm still recovering all right we can give you that i can give
2: you that. <laughs> that's fair we'll, we'll let you have that one for now
0: did you have yeah.
1: fun that is the question
0: you know what? I It was something. We'll, we'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> An episode for another day, folks. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, we're talking about conspiracy theories. Ooh, spooky. Book theories, conspiracy theories around books, mm. all of that fun stuff. And I'll be honest, there are so many that I had a really hard time picking one. So, I it's less of like the unhinged conspiracy theory stuff but just how many unhinged conspiracy theories if you want to call them conspiracy theories unhinged theories is more appropriate there are surrounding the uh moss literary universe which we can get into later because that is a very loaded topic i would love to know
2: (laughs) it really is
1: what you guys have picked
2: I picked, um, this is a book I read a while ago, but like I was obsessed with it. So I remember almost every detail. This is called Stalking Jack, Jack the Ripper, the one I read. It's basically like, it's different in the sense that it's based on a true event, but the details behind the event were never, like they never found out who the actual Ripper was like in history they were never able to conclusively figure out who was doing all the murders because this was back in like like east end london like the slums like it was not a lot of resources
1: available so not yeah a not, not a good time
2: not a good time no especially for women so
1: why did you pick that
2: um this was a book that i really i really liked the fact that it was uh, it was based on a, the, the main character is a 16 year old girl and she's like really interested into science, but more so the aspect of like dead science, like the science of the dead, like the human body and anatomy. And it just seemed really interesting to see it from a woman's perspective, like a 16 year old girl's perspective back in like, um, like, like 18, 1900 England. Like, you don't see that very often. So it sounded like it was going to be a good book. And there's like, there's three other books after this, all on three other different books. Um, Kind of like conspiracy idea. There's like the Dracula, then there's Houdini, and then there's
0: I remember what the last one's called?
2: Uh, oh, uh, something the Devil. Very
1: cool, and that's by mm-hmm. Carrie Maniscalco, isn't
2: it? Yeah, she's the one. She wrote the Wicked Kingdom or Cursed Kingdom or something Kingdom books.
1: Kingdom of the Cursed, I think, is what it's called.
2: Yeah, something to do with kingdoms. I that I could not even remember.
1: That. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, what did you pick?
0: Mine is an Akatar conspiracy, and it's a hill I will die on until proven wrong. Well, this
1: is perfect because it literally leads right into unhinged Akatar theories, which is not where I meant to take this episode, but it's where we're going. So
2: I'm so oh, gladly going. I mean, go down that rabbit hole. Given
0: given the current book environment, it's like you can't talk about conspiracy theories without mentioning Akatar, though. Like that's Basically. that's what it's our lifeblood, you right. know, at the moment. Also, is I think the very, three of us very... are just obsessed. <clears throat>
1: well that but it's also a very um it's like one of the largest niches on book talk i think is the right? sjm fandom so it's kind of hard to avoid that
0: oh yeah you know, for sure. could you imagine the book talk was a thing like 15 years ago during the oh, twilight goodness. craze like oh all, my god all the things <laughs> that could have been talked about all uh, the like conspiracies and backstories that we never thought to delve into because you know book people didn't have a social media platform to kind of converge together on really well we had tumblr and a bit of facebook and myspace but like not like we have in 2020.
2: tumblr was harder to to really do much on other than like vlog read like whatever it was called you know like reposting this it was, thing, it was the so.
0: goth kids it was the goth kids version of reddit
2: mm, basically <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I think
1: put. I think like you're absolutely right. Like, I do not think that like if Twilight had been like if we had TikTok in the Twilight era, um it would be very similar, but I also wince at the thought of how many TikTok videos we would have to suffer through that are Team Jacob and Team Edward. Oh, I, I don't do know. I don't know if I could handle that.
2: That's the a things- lot. Back when Robert Pattinson was casted as Edward, I can't, he was not that like dreamboat you expected him to be based on what she describes in the actual book. So I just couldn't get behind either of them. In the (laughs) the movie realm, at least, the book realm, I'm just like Edward. The the movie realm, I'm just like, y'all can go away. (sighs) I will
0: say Twilight was much more interesting from Edward's perspective, though. Midnight Sun. Uh, Yes.
1: I am I am I am considering it I have not committed but I might. It
0: I think you know once in your life to say you read it, it's worth it. Yeah, but is it worth
1: spending the money on? You know, that is the question.
0: If you find it in a used
2: bookstore, it's worth it. <laughs> Isn't it like a really thick book?
0: Or?
1: Oh, she's a chalky miss. It's like yeah. big.
0: Yeah. Well, because it's,
2: it's like compiling it. all of his his experience
0: it's his thoughts and things but also you know he never sleeps so we don't have we don't have like a i went to bed moment it's just him
2: thinking 24 7 for this
0: whole period oh Oh my god although when
2: you think about it it's like four books is bella so like the entire four books of the series like she's got a lot of thoughts too so
1: Oh God, Bella's inner monologue. Don't even get me started. Oh, we have gotten completely off track. You were about to tell us the hill that you're prepared to die on, Rebecca. The hill
0: I'm prepared to die on. More is Azriel's mate. Okay, <laughs> I, need,
1: I need to hear this because I've I seen did not, iterations of this, but I am very intrigued.
0: I never thought of it like that. I never considered it. And then this past fall, when I reread the whole series with the intent of analyzing it, to like really look for all the Easter eggs, it started piecing itself together. And I, I genuinely think Moore is Azriel's mate. And which is, you know, it's really sad for Azriel because that means he's, he's never gonna be with his mate like everyone else is. Okay. But, I, but I think he and Moore also know that. I think they both know. And they're like, if we just pretend it doesn't exist, then it'll be okay
1: well i don't know yeah. i
0: don't know the thing
1: for me is like i yeah yeah it's i'm kind of on the bandwagon of the moore and eris being mates i
0: think about a little bit too honestly because yeah. there's
1: something just there's something weird about the way that moore and eris were interacting in silver flames and the the way they keep dancing around everything i mean more dances around everything because even though her power Literally. is truth apparently she can't tell it um but
2: <laughs> it's like how does that make sense <laughs> i
1: i would be interested in see how that plays out especially because in aqua she identifies as being um bisexual or being attracted to women and attracted to men so like there really isn't a label given it to it which sucks because, you know, way to go for representation without going for representation, Sarah J. Maas. But I would be curious to see how that plays out. Like, why do you believe in that one so strongly?
0: The, the way they describe the interactions of like when Asriel first saw More and how he was just kind of instantaneously like consumed by her. And it's been centuries since and he's still just obsessed with More. And I do genuinely think he also named his dagger after her. Her power is, you know, truth. And his dagger's
2: name is Truth Teller. Hmm. Isn't it the thing where they, we've heard that there, you can have more than one mate in, in the Sarah J. Maas, maybe if if maybe if this is, she, they are mates, what if Sarah J. Maas is like, well, like she pulls like a, you know, like two mate situation and he ends up having another mate that he can actually be with because that would be interesting sad boy asriel needs someone he deserves someone after all the stuff he's gone through
1: oh my god i
2: I think gwen's
0: gonna dodge him the more i think about it dodge the more i think about it the more i look at it especially since i reread uh silver flames i think gwen is gonna be like you know playful with him and then come out at the end be like i like you as a friend I feel like I feel oh. like Azriel is unfortunately always going to be the one who chicks look at, be like, "I like you as a friend."
1: Oh my god! Okay, so are you are you a so- like Moriel? Is that what we're calling this? Are you a Moriel shipper, or do you want like Elriel to happen?
0: Because obviously no, you don't no, think it's Gwynriel. Not. I, I I would rather Gwynriel than Elriel. I oh, think god. Elaine. I think Elaine. Good. You know, she wants to fight it tooth and nail, but given the 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 ideas of what's going to happen with lucian in the future elaine fits with him so well i they, they very
1: much agree with so that so
2: well yes they complement each other amazingly like just so many things about them so This so many is, things this
1: is the moment where our podcast goes down the drain because all of the elreal fans are going to come out and like
2: <laughs> okay leave us See, a
1: million negative reviews this is
2: what i will say if you like elreal that's okay but you can also like Gwenreal, and there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like in the, the STM fandom, people are so quick to be like, if you like this ship, you're a horrible person, and that means that you can't be like a rational human being. No, you can like a ship and still be a rational human being. It doesn't mean that you think anyone else who doesn't agree with you is an idiot. It just means that you have different opinions, and I wish people would stop with that toxic, So we don't need that in this fandom. I mean, I think too, it's SJM.
0: And I feel like, you know, there is the hint there or the the fear that Azrael is not being given a mate because is not gonna see the end of it all.
2: Ooh, oh, that, don't do that. Don't
0: is do that is a very
1: <laughs> interesting theory and like it's a gut punch. Like it
2: hurts oh, oh. to think
1: about that being a possibility, but it's also one of the things that knowing the style that SJM writes and knowing how she likes to pull really low blow punches sometimes right i have to say that one ranks pretty high on my is this possible i believe so
0: yeah i don't like it i don't
1: have to like it
0: but plausible yes i don't think i would ever recover if i actually if we actually got a book like that i just like the 13 the sam situation you know they weren't as bad but i feel like if we took out asriel the, no. the, it, I will like not the whole, survive from the that. The fandom would collapse. There would be, oh. therapy, there would be a riot,
1: riot. riot, People in the streets, Street. burning of mass books all over
2: the world. Oh my goodness. <laughs> be like, how could you do this to us? Oh. Oh
1: my gosh. Honestly,
2: though, like, it's funny that, like, for me, it, I see the way I saw it, because I read, so, I've read, like, the book, like, three or four times, Silver Flames. Like asked like three two of them were after I read Crescent City. And it's amazing how like there's a lot of things I've seen between Gwyn and Azriel because obviously we don't see them interact a whole lot. Um, but especially like, you know, because SJM is notorious for bonus chapters that have things that are crucial to plot points, but half the time nobody realizes that they're out there. Um, because in in the I th- I'm pretty sure the book I had, the copy I had has the like or. I read the bonus chapter with Azrael and it's like there's some things in there that you're just like this this is kind of hinting at like maybe a Gwen a Gwen relation like Gwen and and Azrael and and just some of the things that she says if you read between the lines in Silver Flames like the way they interact is kind of like what's going on here you're like you, you sense that there's more going on there between them because like do you remember when she interacts with him and something happens that you're just like oh oh like you know i don't want to spoil it for anyone but um there's I just that, so
0: many- i think that Azriel bonus chapter two was kind of i think it was a big setup the as one mm-hmm. i don't think the pharaoh Resand was more to just like here's your cutesy for them i don't but need I think, more cutesy I think- I think the Azrael Elaine chapter, it was the Easter egg of this last release. And yeah. it's giving us the setup of, you know, Moore and Cassian could not be together. Reese basically said, uh, hell no, child, don't. And I think that bonus chapter was pretty much him resetting up the same situation. And Azriel getting the kind of final, I can't do this with Elaine. So let's go try someone else. And I mean, well, I, I, I want to know if Gwen ever figures out where that necklace
2: comes from. Oh my God. Right? <laughs> oh gosh. There's so many things that we don't know that we're just sitting here like, there's so many possibilities. in these. Oh,
1: and I mean, it's kind of, so water spoiler news. <laughs> spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't read Crested City, Turn it off right now because we're going to dive into some stuff that's gonna spoil some shit. So just a warning: out. if you're still listening after this, you've you've done it to yourself. We've we've done. You we will warning. not be held
2: responsible. The
1: worst part about all of that is that we have to get through a Crescent City book before we even get to the Asriel book.
2: Right. As
1: real. I, I call it the Azrael book, but it's we know that it's probably going to be about Elaine. Um, and so I I'm just kind of mad we have to wait for that. And not that I don't I'm not not that I am not literally drooling to get my hands on the next Crescent City book, especially with Hello Bryce Quinlan, um, my name is Resand, but like
0: I, I think this is how it's gonna go. We're gonna get Crescent City three and we're all gonna be like, yes, yeah, she's in. She's in Valaris. We're going to see like this crossover kind of like Marvel multiverse situation. I love it. And it's going to be a 700 page book. And there's going to be like maybe 10 chapters in that entire thing of like Bryce in Valaris, and everything else is going to be everybody else back in the Crescent City world dealing with things. So it's just going to be just enough of a teaser to make us keep reading, but it's not going to be fully based around Bryce and where she is. And well, then so I s- feel like within a Lane <laughs> book, The only reason I would like an Elaine book is I feel like it would give us such an in-depth look at Lucian, and that's what I would be here for.
2: I I just really want to know more. Yes, please. Because he went through such a personality change in some of the other books, from, like, book one to the next ones. I felt like we had a completely different character with Lucian.
0: He's grown. He's one of those side characters that's had a lot of growth, which I really appreciate, whereas some of these characters are introduced early on, and they're kind of stagnant. They're the same lucian's been showing growth which i
2: do appreciate
1: unpopular opinion i think that lucian is the kaol of akatar he might be in just in just the way that he has behaved not necessarily with his like like i mean kaol was insufferable at points but just in the way that his character arc has moved like you know gone from being like untrusting to kind of like okay well I'll be your friend to like back to the like
0: mm, mm, I don't trust you and then
1: him. we're gonna we're gonna begrudgingly work together because you know my friend did a, a shitty thing and
2: then but, kind like of- almost he almost made it seem like it was their fault what his friend did, and like um no your friend is completely responsible for his own actions bud <laughs> but <laughs> Lucian <laughs>
0: fox mask he's the fox the sly fox so you never know where he's gonna pop up. You don't know exactly what he's into. I think you know Lucian has the capability of being more, you know, what's the word? What am I looking for? Devious, sleazy, devious De- than Eris yeah. does. Yeah. I think Eris is playing a resand. He's got something going on in the background, and he's willing to put up with enough crap to get where he needs to be, and that's his end goal. He's like, I'm just waiting around for my dad to die. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I am just really interested in knowing more about Eris and Moore's interaction on the day that they were everything went down on the border and like because there's there's more there that we haven't been told
2: and yeah just I just
1: need to know more and I'm hoping that we'll get it eventually but you know SGM is notorious for leaving people out hello Vaughn um leading into another one of my unhinged theories is Vaughn is in in Lunathian. That is one of my theories because in Throne of Glass, Vaughn is there and then he disappears for the rest of the series and like she briefly mentions him at the end of Kingdom of Ash like Aelin's like and I just hope that wherever Vaughn is he's happy like You're like whoa, like whoa, we whoa. just oh, oh. fought a war and no one tried to reach vaughn like it's like <laughs> the got, I, they forgot him I somewhere
0: could, i could see that as a character like from a writer's perspective i could see that as like oh i totally forgot this dude
2: existed <laughs> <laughs> i mean when I you're, when you're dealing point.
0: with that many characters and that many perspectives you'll forget somebody
2: and you're like oh unless you, unless you have them that. all written down in a little notebook somewhere which i mean still
1: but i think it would be i think it would be interesting to retcon especially now that we've know we know that she's doing this you know moss literary universe like the equivalent of like a fictional marvel and yeah. um uh, well,
0: marvel is i think it fictional. would be interesting
1: to see if she retcons him into into crescent city because i mean it would be it would it would clear up where was he <laughs> And two, it might open the door to figuring, to bringing in the TOG cast into um, the, the crossover, which I know there's controversy on whether people want that to happen or yeah. not.
0: I
2: personally I, am
1: of the mind where I'm like, Aelyn's been through Right? Her. Can we just let her and Rowan be happy? <laughs> but, I will say, what I will no, say about
2: that though, with Aelyn, is that she's the type of chaotic, impulsive personality where she wouldn't, like, yes, she's been through a lot, and, and, like, but I feel like she would not mind, you know, coming to kick some kick some ass, like, kick some whatever ass. Like, I feel like it's just her. This is how I would see it going down.
0: Rowan finally got his quiet life. He's living this day-to-day. Aelin hears about some things going down, and she's like, I'm gonna go check it out. And Rowan's like, no, no, we're not. And Aelin's like, but don't you wanna? And he's like, Aelin, no. <laughs> then she's like, buzzkill buzzard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I mean, like I said, as much as I would love to see the throne of glass cast brought in. I don't think that that's going to happen, but it would be interesting to see if that's if that's where we get to find out what happened to Vaughn. And
2: on the that- throne of glass, but I will mention something I'm really interested to see in cuz you know how they they talk about the like the lost dusk court. And you know, the fact that if, if you haven't read Akatar I mean I'm assuming that you've read Akatar if you're still listening but the fact that the prison now sits on uh sits on where the dust court used to be and you know we look at what happened with Nesta and how she was able to you know you know freaking kill one of the like the prisoner like a couple prisoners there um and also like you know she's mentioned as like lady death and like typically death You know, when you think of death, like people refer to like the dusk as like part of death. So I don't know. Like, there's a lot of like little hints that I saw that I really, really hope. Again, like wishful thing, but I really hope that Nesta is like somehow like connected to the Dusk Court because I feel like her and Bryce especially would would just get on really well. You know. You know, like Lady um, High Lady of the Dusk Court.
1: I (sighs) I want to believe that they would get along together, but I honestly think. That they would claw each other's eyes out first, and then they might be like, "All right, you're not so bad."
0: Well,
2: I don't Nesta know if I like you the...
1: yet, but I'll tolerate you until I can get to know you better.
2: Because I feel like Nesta was the first person she, like, the first like female she meets as she's like coming into the House of Wind. Because it was, it was, it was Azreal, and then Cassie as he swaggers in. Because you could tell, based they, they don't say it specifically, but you, the way, that, but but you could, the way that she describes his walk, you know, it's him, and and behind. Cassian you know anywhere Cassian's going Nesta's gonna be there so like Nesta comes in and the thing that I think people didn't realize weren't aware or didn't clue into the fact that it was like the Archeron sisters walking in is because they're not blonde and everybody like draws them fan cast as blonde and I'm like they're not blonde their hair is golden brown
1: yeah like
2: it's brown with a golden tint to it and then like they all have different variations of that but that's when I when I saw like golden brown hair and then she mentioned like the two other girls come in, like like then Elaine comes in and then Sarah and then and Like I'm just like, I don't know. For some reason, I just feel like the like Bryce and Nesta would would just would somehow connect.
1: Anyway. I, I hope so. Like I would love to see that. I, I would. I'm just interested to see how the dynamic plays out because Bryce is very strong-willed, and so is Nesta. And sometimes that can create um friction and tension but i
2: but i mean look at Amron and nesta i mean they were friends at one point so
1: the one theory and i've been meaning to make a tiktok video about this and i guess i can talk about it now have you guys heard about the hunt orion conspiracy
2: the what yeah yeah about
1: hunt and like the legend of orion and what because there's so many parallels with Crescent City and Greek mythology in terms of yeah. the character descriptions and how the world has kind of been put together, that there might be some clues as to what happens with Hunt based on Paul Apollo, or Orion's myth. And I don't know. I I really, I really hope it doesn't end the same. I'm <laughs> struggling to put all those pieces together because, like, there's actually like five different ways that Orion dies
2: in the original greek myth i hope none of
1: those happen and i just the only one that makes any sort of sense to me is the if we're basing it off of the myth is the one where um artemis is tricked into shooting orion by apollo and because in the original myth that is one of the the few um Ways that Orion is unalive is that Apollo is jealous of the relationship that Artemis and Orion has. And so he challenges Artemis to a contest to see who can shoot a target. And it just so happens that the target is Orion swimming really far out. And Artemis doesn't know that it's Orion, and obviously her arrow never misses. And so she ends up killing him. And despair she asks Zeus to turn him into the constellation Orion so that is the only Mm -hmm. version of the Greek myth I think that fits and that's only because we don't know what's going to happen to Rune and Sarah has said that we should be very very afraid of (sighs) for Rune in the next Crescent City novel and so I'm wondering and this is my own personal little unhinged theory is that I'm I'm wondering if Rune is going to get brainwashed by the Asteri or like you know brain tampered with and Bryce is going because everyone says like Bryce is gonna kill Hunt that's what's gonna happen she's gonna be tricked into killing him because nobody can believe that Bryce and Hunt deserve a healthy relationship He's right boring but like this is the first this is
2: the first character that hasn't like they've actually like had a good relationship oh gosh
1: that aside the only way i can see bryce killing orion or killing hunt is by accident and so that's where the i can see potential parallels but i don't i honestly don't fully believe i don't fully believe the that that's I don't think there's anything there i feel I like people, people are, are using
2: whatever they yeah they're 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 taking something because they're like oh sarah j mass has used you know greek mythology to influence her books but the thing is there was greek mythology in or like a little bit some greek mythology to akatar like nyx freaking nyx is like what well, the goddess of what chaos
1: goddess of night night okay S-
2: some yeah goddess of, i mean depending on like what like where you're going but um yeah like the goddess like nix is a freaking goddess like and they name their son nix so i mean i feel like yes obviously crescent city has more of the more greek mythology intertwined in it but i feel like people are are reaching because they want to have some sort of thing to think about and be like i know what i'm talking about it's like guess what you're not the author so actually you have no idea what's gonna happen (laughs) that's why i always like i take unless there's unless there's more substantial evidence to back it up based on, you know, like literary analysis, I'm not going to take, I'm going to take everything people say with a grain of salt, unless like I've looked at the text in a more literary, you know, way.
0: It could be too. Like when it comes to SJM, people get so like down into the rabbit hole. They get so in depth with it that sometimes I think they start making connections that, that aren't really there. It's like a, what's it called? It's like the oh. Bader-Meinhof syndrome or phenomenon. <laughs> Where oh you're, you're making you're... yourself see things that are not actually in front yes. of you. Yes. Like you're looking so hard, so desperately to find a that connection. You're willing. You'll, you'll start to like piece it together when it might not actually be there. Yeah. So what I, about the theory that Amarin is one of the Asteri?
2: That's believable based on the way she's talked in the past.
1: But SGM has said specifically that Amarin is based off of the Angel of Death and the Biblical Angel of Death. And when those are described, it doesn't really match the Asteri in terms of the way that they're described and the way that they're portrayed.
0: Ironically, the Angel of Death is actually named Azrael. Yeah. (laughs)
2: But see, the thing with, with Amron is that there is the one, there is the one Astari that that's like, that's supposedly dead or missing or, you know, whatever. Um, and I mean, there has to be a reason why that's happened. I mean, could it be that, that Asteri was so different from them that, you know, they had to figure out some way to to get rid of it so that there was more harmony within the Asteri Because again, like, if there's no harmony like if there's chaos within the group of Asteri even one like outlier it's gonna cause lots of problems for them so but what Amon, if
1: but Amron drinks blood and the Asteri drink first light that's what they live off of so that's where I think that that it could be a colloquial
0: lost. it could be colloquial they call it first light they say first and light but they don't tell you blood. what it
2: is because it's their essence like what if blood because a lot of the time in in literature the like as like the essence like the essence of someone is usually a, a term or, like a slang term for blood literally like your essence is like your inner being and like the literal inner being of someone's body is blood so what if you know the fact that she drinks blood because because she doesn't she have issues with even just the blood isn't substantial enough at times to really like sate her hunger like what if like because I do recall her her saying something how like. You know, like even blood, when Feyre is like questioning her, she's like, this is like, this is like my kind of like make you situation, like even blood at times, like gets old after a while. So like, what if she's used to something like this, like more like, because uh, first light, you know, being all pure and whatnot, she's used to something more like pure and higher. Because again, it's like the Asteri the have basically like evolved who these people are taken them and like changed them because didn't they say there used to be like multiple it says there used to be multiple different um, like there's two kinds of fae oh I like,
1: would have to reread and I
2: but I mean because there's, there's you have Bryce high and low then there's fae. Danica Danica would be considered a fae because she's like she's a shifter fae but she's still fae and then there's like the 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 t- traditional fae that we think of when we hear the word fae like who Bryce is. Um, that was like the big distinction that they they talked about in Crescent City was there were two separate types of fae um, that fae wasn't entirely all that we believed it to be because but, like
1: but at the end of HOSAB when Bryce is running through the Asteri complex that is explained through the Asteri saying like we basically turned Midgard into a farm and opened all of these doors that brought creatures from other Universes or other worlds in, which is how they ended up with the shapeshifters, which people think come from uh, Throne of Glass universe, and then the High fae which we know is Thea from potential from the Dust Court, and then there's the humans that lived on Midgard, which I personally think is Earth, and so I think that's explained enough.
2: But what if what if the evolution of the, with them taking all these these people? placing them on like like in this one planet, maybe that like changed because they said they bred out a lot of like the this there was one species they bred out completely to make them, you know, less evolved. Like what if they changed like the way that, you know, because again, going back to what we were talking about with Amhern and the essence, like what if they made it so the essence was just like more pure and that way it affected the Astari when they took the first light. And then I don't know. Anyway, we're we're going again sarah into, <laughs> right like exactly there's so many because you don't know exactly what's going to happen so you're based you're guessing based on like the facts that you have and subtext and opinion
1: yeah. and i mean i think i think as long as we can remember that it's fiction right and that sjm can write whatever she wants and we have to be okay with that yep and I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be fine.
0: There oh, are some things that could be written yeah, that right. cannot be forgiven, though.
1: I unlike the <laughs> unaliving of Asriel.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. it's I will riot if that happens. That, like that cannot be forgiven. There or are the people, people saying oh, that Cassian or is or not yeah, meant to end. That's is what not I was meant. Like say like, there are people There's who are so are saying Cassian's not going to make it out, and I was like, ma'am, if you do that, I will hurt someone, ma'am can't say I, who I will hurt but I will hurt someone
1: I don't know if I could ever emotionally and financially recover from mm-hmm. Cassian on if a that does happen
2: series. I will be I will be denying it, its existence ripping out I mean this is the first time we'll ever page out a book I will rip out the page where he's so so called you know unalive and that is never <laughs> Even regarded in my world, if that happens, and, but because, the
0: thing is, like, if he's unalived, it's going to be in such a Cassian way, it's because he's going to sacrifice himself for somebody, no, no. or the man or is sacrificed enough, he's not going to be paying attention in a very Cassian way <laughs> and
2: he's going to get himself clipped. I don't I, you don't I don't think you want to see Nesta after that if that happens like Nesta would <sighs> oh I can't even imagine the bloodshed that Nesta would 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 cause. but
0: if you want if you want to lose a war kill Cassie because Nesta will just you know come in and F
2: up the rest level of-
1: everything
2: <laughs> like that's even like it doesn't matter if she doesn't have like the the, the pump- power. The she could do it without it. back
0: into the prison
2: because he's like, nah, okay. yeah. <laughs> <He's> like <laughs> not necessarily no. you know what
0: briaxis
1: oh. goes back to the library like you know what i think i'm good <laughs> well, what,
2: doesn't briaxis like like because wasn't he like part of the essence of the house at, at one point like and uh, he- it never really explained how he got in the library who locked him
0: in there or like why he was locked in there he was the most like nice monster that you encountered in Prithan. He's just like, you he know, was. just I just really want to go see some sunlight.
2: I've been down here a long time. <laughs> and Cassian's like, I
0: am so
2: terrified. Like Braxis and Pollen are two, two of Cassian's weaknesses. Nessa's like with Bra- Braxis, she's just like, okay. Hello, kitty. <laughs>
0: want to see I want to see a, I want to see a scene where uh, Nessa and Cassian are in the library and they just happen to dance upon Braxus. And Cassian just, like, turns, like, ghost white. He's like, no, we gotta leave. We gotta leave. And Nesta's just like, what? And looks around the corner. She's like, really?
1: Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) Like, Nesta and Cassian have the the most beautiful, like, relationship in the sense where it's, like, they can be, you know, completely, like, sweet and, like, romantic and lovey-dovey. But at the same time, on a regular basis, it's, like, Cassian's being an idiot and Nesta's just, like, what the hell have I gotten myself into?
1: (laughs) Can I say that the level of theory building and theory making is very reminiscent to me. And I wasn't a part of this because I was not a part of the of the HP fandom in that way. But it very much reminds me of Harry Potter fans and the shipping between Hermione and Harry and Hermione and Ron and then the the anger Hermione with and Draco. The, like everyone being so mad about Harry and Ginny. And I'm like, oh it it cheaped us out with that
2: one
1: <laughs> i just i don't know i feel sometimes there's a lot of similarities in the in the theory reaching sometimes of like there's so much material to pull from and we're not getting any more and i wouldn't personally read any more of jkr's work because you know <clears throat> turf but um i i get very similar vibes if you get what yeah. i'm coming where i'm coming from
2: but yeah, I mean, look at all the like all the the alternate universe uh, ideas that people create with Harry Potter. Like, there's so much that people can do with, um, like Marauders. Like, half the time, I'm just like, where do people get all of this like creative, like imagination to to create all of this? So. What if S.J.M. pulls a Snape with Eris? <gasps> we spent the whole
0: series thinking he's a crackpot and evil. <laughs> And in the last moment, before he dies, he's like, I was doing this the whole time to keep you safe. It's more, and it's more- No, I can't take that. It's more he's telling it to. (sighs) That would be a moment. That My brain literally just
1: melted inside of my head. Like, just like-
2: No, I can't. No, no. No. That would be so
1: amazing. Amazing, like unexpected plot twist. Hello, I love it. I'm living for it.
2: But the thing with Snape that's different from Eris is that we got a little bit more background with Snape, even if we didn't get the whole picture. There was part of you that was kind of like, I feel bad for this guy because, like, he genuinely like, like, there's they're really long books. She can throw that chapter in there.
1: (laughs) Well, and we got some of that. We have seen that in sprinkles. I think people just overlook it because it's not a part of the main story. You got to remember, Eris agreed to ally with the the Inner Court because they had agreed to off Baron, or they were going up against his father, and Eris wants to take over as High Lord of the of the Autumn Court. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's been a little bit of like Eris saying, like indirectly saying, like not everything is as it appears. And yeah. so I think we've been getting snippets of that, and I feel like we'll see more of it when we oh, get a sure. book that has Elaine and Asriel in it because we're going to have to address the Azriel more element in order to address the Elaine and the Asriel element in order to address the Elaine and the Lucian element like I feel like this is going to be a book that is all about the interpersonal relationships between all of them and I when really we learn more as about Asriel more <laughs> we're going to learn more about Eris as a character and Eris Maybe what he's lived through in his experiences, because also him and Lucian are brothers, and so that kind of completes the weird little Venn diagram of overlapping histories that I feel like could be explored in the Elaine book. It does I think make sense.
0: More is going to have a bigger part in the upcoming book, given how she was so absent in the last one. Yeah. But then she had there's that more chapter in Frost and Starlight. That mm-hmm. kind of gives a bit of a perspective to it too. I also love how these two other um, Autumn Court brothers are just never named. <laughs> I know, right? Brother and one you, brothers, have, you have Lucian, you have Eris, and then you have these two other dudes that no one ever gives a name to. Doesn't he have seven children?
1: It was I'm seven sure,
0: sons of the Autumn Court. And I'm there's sure only four ever of talked about. I, yeah, yeah I'm sure four. some of them have been
2: killed. Because he's it a, a freaking Like Like, you think you're going to, like all seven of your children are going to, Make through having Baron as a father, like someone's gonna do something. That they might have been knocked
0: off, like back in the day in the war, they could have been knocked off when Amarantha was ruling. I feel like Baron is one of those people that was like, if you don't do this, I'm gonna kill your son. He's like, I got six more.
2: <laughs> well, right? like, heard, I got, I got a spare, <laughs> and Aaron is, and spares.
1: <laughs> I've heard some really unhinged theories too. Like when I was researching for this episode, that like there are people that are like, well, maybe the only reason that Baron has. Boys is because he's like sacrificed the girls at birth, and I'm like, all right, now we are like spinning this wildly out dark.
2: Of <laughs> in
0: in the monomyth for like how literature structures itself, and in archetypes, the number seven is very significant, and being the seventh son is being is a significant you know thing as a character, and Lucian is the seventh son, so even in the beginning when it looked like he wasn't that big a player. The moment you mentioned he's the seventh son of a high lord, it's like, oh, so you have a role to play there somewhere along here. the lines.
2: Yeah, I yeah. mean, seven, it, like, overarching, especially, like, anywhere, like, in Greek mythology, I'm pretty sure seven was important. Like, even, like, the like look, we have seven days of the week. Like, I mean, I know uh there's, like, so many ways that seven is a, like, substantial number that it's, like, you can't help but not, like, you can't help, you can't overlook that. hmm because isn't there the seven a starry
1: <laughs> yeah and there's seven a starry like there's it's i think it's and that's the one thing like i get sgm is problematic in the sense that she's very racially ambiguous with her characters there is a significant lack of representation of lgbtq plus relationships and then there's that whole icky mess with the brianna taylor announcement slash thing and but there is a way that she just really is able to write compelling stories at least for myself I know that there are people who are going to disagree with me but there is a way that I just she's her ability to weave stories and like multiple plot lines into one big tangled root that makes sense
2: she wrote is started writing this when she was sixteen. Imagine that, like the fact that a sixteen-year-old can start writing this and it makes sense.
1: It's hard to it's hard to to not acknowledge the the level of skill that right? goes into that. Like,
2: you gotta have some mad talent to do that. Is
1: she the best writer? Like, is her physical writing the best? I enjoy reading it, but it's there not- are aspects. It it's not, you know, it's not something that I would put on the same level as Oscar Wilde or Jane Austen in no, terms no, of
2: no, prowess. No. So. Like, like, she, she will never measure up to the great literatures of like, of the past. Like, she's never going to be, you know, like, fancy high literature, but she will always be well known for doing a good job in her her own like element and craft because like she started writing fantasy she never went she was never going for you know high class literature to begin with so I think the fact that she started off as a fantasy writer and that was her intention in the first place and she's done that well I mean obviously there are things that you that I we all get annoyed with but I mean that's with every author you're never going to find perfect harmony with every single book that you read but like she's good at what she does
0: i can only imagine like being one of her friends right now and like like y'all are like y'all y'all hear me talking about books that aren't out yet and i'm writing like just to be an sjm friend and be getting snippets
2: while she's writing right oh dude i wish i wish like that would be but at the same time i feel like it would just get annoying because you're like you get this like little like nugget and then you're left with even more questions.
0: I just, if I had like a better designated timeline of like when's the next Crescent City book then when's the next ACOTAR, I feel like I would be more comforted. It's the fact that it's all up in the air We just any day we could wake up and it'd be like, oh, here's your release date.
2: Like what? Huh? Like this could save me so much anxiety. If you had given me a little bit more warning, because <laughs> like eighteen months is such like a, it's a very like general like timeline. Here's an Akatar theory, and the books have pretty much already stated.
0: Spoiler: alert If you're not through Akatar, Lucian is Helian's son. And early in the series, it seems like Eris is kind of jealous of Lucian because Lucian, you know, having all these sons, Eris is like, if anyone's in competition with me to get the High Lord's position, it's Lucian. I don't think. Well, pretty much no one knows that Lucian is not Baron's son. So and even Lucian does. <laughs> yeah. So it's like,
2: will we see Lucian get to be the High Lord of the Day Court? I mean, honestly, it would make so much sense if you know Elaine was like to basically get over herself and and like give in to the like the whole mating bond because that girl, I feel like she's not, like, she's, everyone says she's, like, spring court aesthetic, but I feel like she's just, she's not quite spring court aesthetic, especially with what's happened to her after the cauldron. I feel like she's very, like, she's managed to keep uh, a sense of, like, regality to her, even though, like, she's dealt with, like, some really mad trauma and shit. Um, So I feel like she would just be, like, day court personified, you know?
0: I think Elaine is going to accept the bond with Lucian. She's taking her time, but I think she will accept it. And S.J.N. kind of hinted at that in Silver Flames when they're all walking into the Hewn City um, to show off that Feyre is pregnant. And she she very blatantly stated, Elaine, you know, dressed as a night court lady, absolutely does not not look right. It It
2: washes her out. You don't need
0: to be here. Yeah, so it's like you obviously are not here for the night court.
2: And that is why I was like it, it, when I immediately saw that line I'm like there's no way she ends up with Azriel. It just doesn't make sense because Nesta this is like, like like Nesta she thrives in that environment. She is she is the night court. Like I mean Don't that's, tell why I, me that's, saying. that's why that's <laughs> that's why I'm guessing that she has a connection to the dust court just because of that fact. Like there's but again told everything but like elaine like the, when they say it washes her out i'm just like immediately i know she's the type of you know fair skinned beauty that's gonna look so much better in like a white or like an off-white cream dress and it's just gonna bring out like the urethral beauty of of her because they they all sarah jimass mentioned that elaine is like the most conventionally prettiest of the three sisters like not to say that she's like more pretty than her than than Farrah. Like they're Farrah and Nesta are all like gorgeous in their own rights, but she's the most conventionally beautiful one of the three. Which is like the day court. You're you're, you're on it, at least for myself. Like
0: Helion I think of day court,
2: right? <laughs> Helian's hot, so you're gonna think okay, like anyone who's you know gonna be like his successor is going to be you know attractive in the typical sense, and like that's a lame illusion.
1: she's also dropped hints i don't have the references on hand but sgm's also dropped hints about like elaine and lucian being endgame and it'll just be i'm just interested in seeing how she gets there i know that like we've been talking about theories for almost an hour now and while i love talking about theories specifically unhinged ones because it just blows my mind that people are able to make these connections i mean that's a level of creativity that i just don't have
2: like and, the whole Reese and sister thing, like in his mom. There's all that Oh, too. we
1: are not even getting into <laughs> that one. That is,
2: no. Okay. Well,
1: I, I,
0: I could get into that theory, but the way it's explained when Azriel yeah. met more, how he just instantly is like, there's, there's plot one. There's plot Yeah. Holes. There was like, never really talk of like how he interacted with his sister. I think really the mom and sister were just kind of there mentioned as like a traumatic backstory. And I think that's really all we're ever going to yeah,' well, let's really so look it's- at
2: Tamlin's family. They're used as a plot device, too, but like nobody else talks with them ever at- again after that. But that's cause it's Tamlin, and no one wants to talk about. Him.
1: No one's talking <laughs> about Tamlin right now.
2: but there's also there is a theory going around that Tamlin is Gwen's father., Ooh. I don't see that one that makes me because it. she's a, she's a, and- she's a part. she's a part water nymph, which is spring, court which and- is spring. Um and the fact that like her mother was like, like offered herself as like a gift on that, like, Whatever.
1: Calamai. Calamai. I'm like, sure I'm not saying that right. But.
0: Like,
2: I don't know. See, there's so many things we can get That at. would be weird.
0: So, like, imagine. Yeah. It would kind of weird. Imagine if gwen was Tamlin's daughter. Tamlin dies without like producing a real heir, and like, so for some reason, the magic jumps to Azriel, and then Azriel's High Lord of the Fr- Spring Court
1: <laughs> with his <laughs> shadows, with his spooky shadows. <laughs> like I it's just it's impossible it's impossible right? and
0: but it's and it would be like Lord Lockin, Lord oh, Lucian Lord Lord Lorkin. <laughs> <Locken>. <laughs> okay but can I just say I love Lord Lorkin, Locken, Locken. I love
2: so it oh my goodness I love when I heard that I just I cackled so hard reading that in Kingdom of Us like oh oh, oh. it was like, the
1: best that is the best. That,
2: that, like, see, and this is a reason. Like, the darkness in Azrael is why I feel like Gwen is going to be like. I feel like Gwen is endgame for him because of the fact she's a light singer. She's a light singer, but also she she, anyway. she understands darkness and she would never, you know, make Azriel feel like he'd need to stifle his darkness. Like she would freely let him experience it because she understands what it is to experience darkness. So like she's gonna be like, you feel whatever the heck you need to feel
1: it'll be interesting i don't know i i'm i don't want to say i'm hesitant on that theory only because i know that like he rescued her from the temple on the night that she was essayed and so like there's some like a weird icky power dynamic in that on its own so i like i said we have we have explored a number of conspiracy theories and we could talk literally for hours about them we could and as fun as they are the bare the brass tacks of it all is that we just don't know and oh, we can't know out. until the next book comes out which sarah if you're listening to this we would hurry like it as up. soon as possible
0: please hurry up please and thank you <laughs> <laughs> the thing is she says at least crescent city three and the next acatar are written we're just waiting for the publisher to get on board Hurry the f up.
1: vibes. Send
0: the up. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: just send <laughs> us the good vibes, send all of your vibes to Bloomsbury <laughs> and hope that they get this out in February of 2023.
2: Because I wouldn't mind I, Boy, do something more. F- Per, like physically. all
0: bloomsbury books until the next akatar is released tell them oh. we will not buy another bloomsbury <laughs> until for the legal next akatar now purposes.
1: there's I'm a conspiracy you do this, theory for but, you but like
2: if you want to someone you know like send them a strongly worded letter or you know show up to their physical door i'm not saying you should do this for oh god purposes. okay
1: all right all right mia <laughs> mia we do not need cease and desist we don't <laughs> need anyone doxing <laughs> We aren't going to get super scary because, hey, hey, we're smart, respectable. We're bitchy, but we're smart, respectable bitches.
2: (laughs) That is true.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This has been so fun, guys. I will catch up with you guys next week. Want more from the bookish bitches?
2: Follow us on TikTok at Drinking Podcast for updates on our newest episodes, releases, and behind-the-scenes chaos, or send us an email at DrinkingInkPodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Amazon, Google, Apple, and Spotify to get more
0: bookish podcast fixes. You can also follow our hosts on their personal accounts located in the show notes, along with full transcriptions of this episode and more. Stay thirsty, friends.